You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. We are talking about sight. That is what this season in the church is all about. Learning to see, having a new epiphany of who Jesus is and what he is up to. And so I'm trying to give you a spooky theme to help us stay in line with the rest of Christianity in this season. Talking about epiphany. That's what it's called. Between Christmas and Lent is a season about seeing Jesus with fresh vision. Trying to see the real Jesus because there's so much of our world and in our own souls and bodies where we would really like to just put Jesus in our own box. But Jesus doesn't like to live in our boxes. And any Jesus we can stick in our own box is a counterfeit Jesus. So we're trying to see the real Jesus. We're trying to see Jesus the way that he revealed himself through God's word. And so that's what we're doing. And uh, Jesus uses a lot of light and darkness imagery, a lot of eyesight imagery, seeing language. And so we're going to use some of that to try to see what Jesus says about learning to see well. Ultimately, though, what does Jesus teach us about how we can really see the real him? That's the goal. If we can all do that, I think we'd be miles ahead of where we are in our spiritual walks. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to send them. We'll do our best to answer them at the end of this time together. I will open the app in case any come through. And uh, yeah, numbers here, numbers there, numbers on your bulletin. Bad news. We start with the bad news because that think that helps us better understand the good news. And for uh, us, the bad news when it comes to sight and seeing Jesus is that weak spiritual sight comes from a weak spiritual life. Weak spiritual sight comes from a weak spiritual life. This is what Jesus is going to teach us today, and we're just going to hit this theme over and over again from different angles. Weak sight, weak spiritual life. If our inner life is weak, our ability to see Jesus will be hard. That's what Jesus wants us to know. That's the bad news, is you can't have a weak spiritual life and expect good spiritual vision. It just doesn't happen that way. We're going to miss it. We do it all the time. We get distracted. We get busy. We think we got it. We don't know, right? We do it in real life, not even in our spiritual life. This is our real life. Driving around like this, this is how I know I'm working on some hypocrisy in my life because when I see people doing this, it makes me furious. How dare you endanger the rest of society? And then I'm driving and I'm like, well, I got to check these texts real quick. What's going on? in the world, right? I have the same impulse as everybody else. I give myself grace. I blame everybody else for doing this. And then we get distracted. We, we have a weakness of being distracted, not keeping our eyes on the road, and it creates issues for us all over the place. Uh, or have you ever looked for your keys or your glasses or your phone or your wallet and it, you have it in your hand or it's on your head or it's on your nose? There's sometimes we're in a panic to just try to get out the door that we don't realize the thing that we've been scrambling looking for is literally on our persons. Every dude in here does the same triple tap, right? Phone keys, wallet, phone keys, wallet. This is a universal phone keys, wallet. But it's not there, but you're holding it, but you're so frantic, right? There's a weakness in your busyness and your franticness that you don't have the vision to see the thing that's sometimes literally on your own face. 
and you lost your glasses. Speaking of which, we still have a pair of glasses in the back if you lost them. We have them. It's Christmas time. I'm throwing them away after this. I don't even know. Um, but you do, we do. In our weakness and our frailty of being busy, we miss stuff. In our weakness of being distracted, we miss it. It creates all kinds of issues. This is what Jesus wants us to, there's a weakness that we can have in our spiritual life that causes us a weakness of sight. Would you turn with me to some scriptures? 793 if you're using a pew Bible. Luke 11 if you are not. Short passage, starting in verse 33. It's on 793, bottom left-hand corner. It begins with the word people. Again, just to set up the context, Jesus has been arguing with the religious leaders. They are saying that he is a demon, that he is from Satan himself. The only way that he could have control over the demons during these exorcisms is if he's some high-ranking demon army commander, which is a great logic. It's good logic. Unfortunately, they're dead wrong and they're missing Jesus right in front of them. The other group of people that Jesus is standing between are the crowds who desperately want a sign. They want to see miracles. And Jesus says, I don't want you to have that kind of faith where you constantly are relying on miracles to keep it sustained. That's not a good, sustainable faith. And so Jesus is speaking into that context. Starting in verse 33, he says, People don't light a lamp and then put it under a closet or in a closet or under a basket. Rather, they place the lamp on a lampstand so that those who enter the house can see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, see to it that the light in you isn't darkness. If your whole body is full of light, with no part darkened, then it will be as full of light as when a lamp shines brightly on you. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. So Jesus is telling these people who desire miracles and these religious leaders who think he's some high-ranking demon commander that they have bad vision. That there is some darkness in them that is creating some spiritual weakness in them, some spiritual unhealth in them that's creating a lack of spiritual vision and they see Jesus all wrong. And we could fall into the same camp if we box Jesus in in the wrong way. Two pieces of history you need to know about eyes that Jesus is using in this teaching. He's doing three things here. The last one is a metaphor. He's taking, he's taking their understanding of the body, of anatomy, and he's going to use it to talk about spiritual vision and spiritual life. So two pieces of wisdom. First of all, um, eyes, still in the world today, sometimes in our culture, sometimes definitely around the world, eyes are connected to jealousy, to coveting, to desiring to curses. And so when you have an unhealthy eye or a bad eye or an evil eye, you covet desire uh, things that you don't need, that aren't good for you. Sometimes we say jealousy like is the green-eyed monster. In a lot of cultures, they still have something called the evil eye where you're looking at people in the wrong way. You can curse people and people get pretty weird about it. And so eyes have this connotation of desire, that your eyes are looking at things that you want. And so Jesus is using that when he's talking about this. 
The other thing is, and this is very different than how we understand eyes, but they believe that eyes work like flashlights. That there was a light in you, that there was light in you, and the strength of the light in you determined the strength of your sight. Like a flashlight, right? Where does the light come from? It comes from the inside, right? I was going to bring a flashlight, and I got one. This is my flashlight, right? The light comes from out of the phone. This is how they believed eyes worked. That's not how eyes work, just so you know. Eyes work by taking in light, um, not shooting out light like we're some kind of cyclops and X-Men or something. No, we're not doing that. But they thought it worked like a flashlight. So they thought, you know, like the older you get, the more your light, your inner light dimmed and the worse your eyesight got. Or sometimes you could do something so terrible and evil that you darkened the light within you that God had placed in you and it would affect your eyes. Jesus is using their medical understanding to talk about our spiritual life, our spiritual character. He says, when your spiritual life is darkened, your eyes are weak. They don't work very well your spiritual sight. But when you're healthy and strong spiritually, your eyes are healthy and strong. Yeah, that's what Jesus is doing here. That's your historical knowledge. Your eyes work like flashlights. And so he wants to talk about, he wants to talk about the light inside of you. He wants to talk about the spiritual aliveness inside of you. For him, that's how you have good spiritual vision. If you work out what's going on on the inside, your inner light determined the strength of your life. That's what Jesus wants you to know. And he uses their medical understanding to make it a parable about the strength of our spiritual life and spiritual sight. Let's do it. Head our hands. What does Jesus want us to know in this passage then? What does Jesus want us to know, feel, do, information, transformation, action, so that we have a holistic faith comes to us, through us, and back out into the world. And for me, this is what Jesus wants us to know. Your spiritual health is broadcast by your behavior. We know how you're doing spiritually by how you're acting behaviorally. We all know. We all know that you're a weird little person and you got weird stuff going on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We can all tell. Isn't that one of our biggest fears is that everyone can just tell? And you kind of can. Sometimes I like Gen Z right now because they talk a lot about vibes and I like it because it is. There's like a thing where you can sense stuff happening even if you don't see it with your eyes. Someone walked in on the bathroom last, last night on me and the door's behind me and I felt the door open and I was like, hello, I'm in here. I thought it was a linen closet. I thought it was towels. There's two different doors. This door opened behind me. I was like, why is the towel closet opening? There's a demon. No, just two different doors. But I could sense it. I could sense it. Your spiritual, your spirit, your, we know how you're doing spiritually, but how you act behaviorally. This is what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about lamps on stands, not under baskets, not in closets. You can't hide light, right? This is what he says. People don't light a lamp and put it in the closet. You don't put it under a basket. That's not what they do. You can't even, light can't be hidden. They place it on a lamp post for everybody to see. And your eye is the lamp of your body. You can't hide it. You can't hide light. Your inner life shines through in your behaviors like a flashlight, good or bad, weak or healthy. 
We can tell. We can tell. We can tell when someone is struggling, when someone's going through stuff. We can tell. When someone professes something, but their actions betray them, we can tell. We can tell. We know it. We can This is what Jesus wants you to know. We know how you're doing spiritually by how you act behaviorally. And it's usually in your desires. Do your desires line up with the kind of life that you're telling everybody that you have or that you want? And oftentimes it doesn't. Oftentimes it doesn't. Like I said, the religious leaders saw Jesus as a powerful demon. The people desired miracles. Jesus says are both are unhealthy partly out of their desires. The religious leaders want to stay in power. The people want to be connected to power. And Jesus says, you're both missing it. You've desired the wrong thing and you're missing God standing in your midst. How do you see Jesus? And what do you desire from him? This is one of the questions that Jesus asks us in this teaching. Ways that I often see us miss the mark. You guys have really messed up politics. It is brutal out there. And we're in another election season. I would do anything to shelter all of us from that. Money, right? Family. Many of us desire something that sounds Christian but has nothing to do with Jesus. Your spirituality is revealed in your behaviors and your desires. We can tell. Got to get this under control. I got a doctor who I love. This is literally the only picture of him on the internet. Dr. Von Smith, a lovely human being. Here's why I like him. At 25 years old, I was doing some work at a church and I wanted to do the best job possible and I would get so stressed out that then I would be stressed and then I would go and have a huge lunch because I usually ate my feelings and then I would go home and take a nap and then throw up every Sunday for like 20 Sundays in a row. And finally I was like, I should go see a doctor about this. So I went and saw this doctor, 25 years old, and I was like, here's what's happening. And he was like, let me check you out. Okay, the problem is you need to lose 30 pounds. And I was like, come on, it's got to be bigger than that. And he was like, no, that's it. Appreciated that honesty. Could have gave me some stuff. He said, no. I go back five years later. I say, I have the worst heartburn out of any human I know. If I touch a pineapple or an Oreo, Somebody just punched me as hard as they can, knocked me out so I can get through the pain. It hurts. It's got to be an ulcer, Doc. He goes, bro, you just got to lose 30 pounds. And I was like, come, my man, that can't be it. He's like, what's your diet like? How much water are you drinking? I was like, zero? Is Pepsi water? And he was like, well, no. He's like, you, I said, I don't even like water. It gives me heartburn. And he's like, you've got to learn to desire water. Then about five years later, I went back. My knee had swollen. I did something in a softball game. The only time I moved my body in my 20s was in softball. Slow pitch. <laughs> my knee started swelling. I go, bro, I think I broke it. I need a knee replacement. Every time I have health insurance, I become a hypochondriac. I'll just let you know. When I don't have insurance, I'm fine. He checks it out, and he goes, bro, you need to lose 30 pounds. This is why I like him. He's like, I could give you pills. I can give you medicine. I can help you try to figure this all out. But really, it's your lifestyle. It's your, 
desires. It's the way that you consume food and not water. It's the the way that you've kind of corrupted your own desires. And he says, we can all see. Your body bears the weight of your weakness, of your bad desires. Right? Learn to desire the right thing, water. Different food, to see food differently. I was like, man, I'm trying. This is hard. And he's like, okay, I'll see you in five more years. (laughs) I appreciate it. This is what Jesus is telling us. Like, I bear, I bear the visual representation of my weakness, of my, of my physical weaknesses. You can see it. Jesus is saying this is true about our spiritual life as well. Your spirit, you, you know how you're doing spiritually by how you act behaviorally. Our behavior is a reflection of our inner life and desires. Desires and behaviors are incredible gauges for your inner strength. Do you desire more of what Jesus desires for us or do you desire something else? Are you hedging your bets? That will tell you, especially in your behaviors and desires. I'll move on. What does Jesus want us to feel? What's the feeling language in this passage? It's health. Jesus talks a lot about health. He says, healthy soul, healthy sight. Jesus wants us to have healthy sight, but we don't get it by getting healthy sight. We get it by getting a healthy soul. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, see to it. Not that you get better sight, though you like how Jesus is using the pun see. I know he's a comedian. I know it. I think they all laughed. He was like, see to it. And they're like, but why are you using that pun right now? And he's like, listen, I like puns. See to it. That the light in you isn't darkness. Health. Health. Full of health. This is what Jesus wants from you. What shines out of you, your behavior and desires, reveals your level of health or weakness. Jesus wants you to feel spiritually strong. You don't get better vision about what God is up to. You don't get better insight into God's plan and purpose for your life by getting better insight into God's plan and purpose for your life. You get better insight into God's plan and purpose for your life by being stronger spiritually. That is what Jesus wants you to know. Get that right, and this will be right. That right, inside's right, sight will be right. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts from comedians. Um, that's basically all I watch because I get addicted to storyline. If there's a 10-episode arc, I'm watching eight of them that night. I'm not going to bed until the birds are singing. I can't do it. I can't control myself. So I just watch podcasts of comedian because they're one hour and then there's no more, there's no next episode. So I'm done. I'm like, whew. Um, and then I, I saw this woman and her name's Mary Shenuda and she's a, a, a dietitian. She does a, a food stuff. And here she is showing off her ring that she got from the championships, from the Warriors. I know a lot of Kings fans in here, but this is that Warriors championship ring. And they gave her one because she was working with multiple NBA players on the team at the time of their championship to the point where they're like, you're part of the team. You get your own ring your own sizing, your own engraving, and there she is showing it off. And I thought that was cool. And then also, like, basically her whole deal, her whole deal is gut health. Your gut. She starts, I don't, she said, I don't care what kind of shape you're in, we're starting with your guts. And I'm like, okay, I like food. And she's like, well, we don't eat for the first week. And I was like, okay, never mind, pass. (laughs) 
a lot of liver, she said. I was like, okay, no, thank you. I'll move on to somebody else who has a better plan for me. But she starts with gut health. Trust your gut. Like, this is her whole deal. Every person she works with, Olympic athletes, professional-level athletes, she ta- starts with your gut, your insides. It just reminded me of what Jesus is saying. For her, all health begins inside. And that comes out on the outside. Jesus is saying the same thing. He wants your insides healthy. That's how you get good behavior, good spiritual light. That's how the light that oozes out of you is good and godly and attractive and transforming to the world around you. He wants you spiritually healthy. He desires that for you. He is working in that, on that for you, in you. We often resist. But Jesus, that's what Jesus' mission is in your life, to try to make you spiritually healthy. What does Jesus want us to do? And then we're wrapping it up. You got questions? Send them on the way. Jesus wants you to shine. Jesus wants you to shine bright from the inside out. That's what he says. If your whole body is full of light with no part darkened, then it will be as full of light as when a lamp shines on you from the outside. Like when there's a lamp right in front of you and it just illuminates your whole body. If you're healthy on the inside, you're shining like that on the inside. That's what he says. And he wants that for you. He wants you to shine inside out, to shine bright. That's his goal for you. That's what you want. That's what I want. I want my insides to feel like that, to be oozing God's light out. If your inner spiritual life is strong, it will shine. Just as bright as that lamp on you. Shine bright. This is what he wants. Inside out, oozing from the outside, inside to the outside. Hey, here's a little bit of an art history lecture. I hope that's okay with you. Sometimes I give you fun stories about my doctor, and sometimes it's an art history lecture. But you've all seen these. We know these things around their head. They're called halos. They're called halos. Sometimes they're called nimbuses or nimbi, but these like a cloud, but it's a halo. And we know that that generally means that that person is important somehow. But really, there's a rich history of when Christians were painting their figures of what these halos meant. Let's get into it. On day one, page one of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, and God said, let there be light. What day is the sun made? Fourth day. I don't know what day that is. But it's the fourth day. The sun is created on the fourth day, but light is created on day one. And Christians took that to be very meaningful, that God's light in the universe is created before there are things that even make light, like fires and suns, and they thought at that time moons and stars. God's light was just roaming around the universe before the sun was even created, days before the sun was created. That God's light exists separately from the sun. And people who come close to God, they radiate God's light. We have stories about this. Moses, Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, the verses, chapters before it too. Moses is on the mountain with the Lord getting the Ten Commandments. And he comes down and he is just beaming. So much so that they have to put a bag on his face, a veil, because it's too bright. And also they're jealous. They're like, I wish I was beaming like that. 
glowing because he was close to God. God's light is radiating not on him, not the sun beaming on him. He didn't just catch the light right. It wasn't golden hour. It was coming out of him. Same thing happens to Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration. He goes up on the mountain with his disciples and he glow, all of him glows. Whiter, it says, than any bleach could make any clothes. He's just glowing. He's glowing. And Christians believe that you too can glow. This is what halos are, is, is God, uh, people that were close to God that were radiating that God light out of them. And this is what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to radiate. He wants you to shine. He wants you to ooze that light out of you. And it begins by wanting the right things and letting your behavior reveal your inner character. It begins by getting your inner life right with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus, being close to Jesus through prayer, through scripture, through community, through communion. Jesus calls it having healthy eyes and a body full of light. And that's what he wants you to do is shine. And he wants you to do that by being healthy. And he wants you to do that by being close to him. Questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns. Wow, I got two when is the Taylor Swift game today (laughs) I don't know it's at 3.30 I'm told who are they playing the the Lions Bills we're we're rooting for the Bills right right Pat with her Bills shirt on Um, thank you Where do you even start to get spiritually healthy? And is it just reading our Bible? Great question. Yes, just read your Bible. But that's not it. That's not all of it. (laughs) Reading your Bible is a great start. You have to be, you have to know God's word to desire the right things. How are you going to know God's wisdom for the world if you're not reading Jesus? So reading God's word is a great start to that. But as I was just talking about, and maybe you sent this question before, Like Moses, like Jesus, like the people who shined in the Bible, it was just about proximity to God. Taking time out of your day to spend time with Christ through prayer. Prayer is great. Scripture is one of the ways we do that. Service to others, fasting, giving of our time and money to those who are uh, that have less. These are all ways that Christians have said you spend time with and for Jesus. It's not earning. We're not earning anything. We're just trying to make sure we carve out time to be in God's presence to receive God's grace so that God can fill us up with his light and we can have a body full of light. So that is great. Great question. Jesus wants us to shine. Is that what the Newsboys song is about? Thank you for bringing it back to the old school. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Just sing your Newsboys songs. Those of you who don't know, they were a big band um, a million years ago. They're still, they still got songs, right? Conclusion. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we said. We will have bad spiritual sight if we have poor spiritual health. 
And we all want to know what God is doing. We want to know God's plan for our life. We want to know what God has in store for us, what God wants us to do, what God job God wants us to have, what partners God wants us to have, if any. What God, we're just always wondering. And, and Jesus says, you're going about it in the wrong order. That will be revealed when your inter, inner life is healthy by being close to Jesus. Jesus wants us to know that our spiritual life is being broadcast by our behaviors, which should be a little concerning, but ultimately he wants you to know that that's a gauge for you. It's not a shame. That's for you to know how you're doing by looking how you're acting. Your actions should match, uh, your actions do match your spiritual health. Jesus wants you to feel healthy. Jesus wants you to feel spiritually healthy and strong. That will give us healthy sight. And lastly, he wants you to shine. But not in your own strength and not in your own light. He wants you to radiate that light of God that's separate from all other light sources that comes directly from him. That Revelation chapter 21 and 22 says will be our only light source in the new creation. That light can be in you now and radiate out of you into the world around you. Jesus wants you to have it. That is the thing that makes you happy and healthy. And it starts by desiring that, and it starts by being close to Jesus. With that, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for your son's teaching to help us on the road to health, to give us gauges through our behavior, to reveal your desires for us for our health, and ultimately your desire for us to be close to you the only source of light and life that we need that can save us, that can heal us, that can make us whole. Help us to experience that in profound ways through this community, through this acts of worship, through prayer, through the bread and the cup in which you promise to always be present to us through our devotions. Help us. Help us to desire the right things rightly so that we will draw close to you and you in turn will draw close to us. We give you praise and thanks saying these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Table Church, will you help me finish that prayer by saying the Lord's Prayer? Saying, our Father,